Hello, and welcome to the Baby Brain Podcast. I am so excited. Today, we have Mike O'Neill, who is an instructor at AMA Parenting, and we're just going to jump right in. And um, Mike is the instructor for the dads group there. And Mike, can you just explain a little bit about how the dads group came to be at AMA Parenting? Well, sure. And and it's still coming to be because it's still <laughs> we're still testing as we speak. Uh, so, Lindsay, thanks for having me on the on the show. I really appreciate this. Um, so I've been a, a CPR instructor at AMA for several years, like over six years at the time. Uh, really loved it. Really just love all these excited new parents. And I'd meet grandparents. Either they had a baby or they're expecting a baby. And um, just a really great tribe of people who are really intentional about learning everything they needed to learn, teaching CPR, I was hopefully teaching skills they would never, ever have to utilize. Most of the other stuff is pretty applicable fairly, fairly quickly. Um, But I'm teaching that class and uh, really liked it, really love the audience. And then Jody, you know, Jody, you met Jody. Mm -hmm. Jody asked me last winter, she says, you know, a lot of the new moms in the new mama class, which is so popular at AMA, have been asking why don't we have a new dad class? Yeah. Because what we're doing here is really powerful. And um, so I'm the only male teacher at AMA currently. And Jody said, so they're asking about that. Would you be interested in teaching a new dad class? And I said, yes. And she goes, do you know what you would do? And I said, no. <laughs> it, what I wouldn't do is replicate the new mama class because there's so much subject matter expertise in our um, healthcare educators. I don't have a healthcare background of a teaching corporate background mostly. And so what they teach is a lot of really great stuff. But what I, but I think the most powerful thing about the new mama class though, was that they, they engage post class or after class, they build the tribe yeah. because they're going through something that's so unique. Um, and so it's, it's so complex and being able to navigate it with other people in the same group at the same time is really such a benefit. I mean, the, the new moms are just so great at that. In fact, women are just typically way better at <laughs> seeking out people in their same boat so they can all kind of row in the same direction, right? So I thought I want to do a dad class, but I don't want to do it about like teaching them like, you know, here's what you do with fussy babies and here's how to play with babies and stages of development. Cause that's stuff, you know, it's all commodity information and you could go on YouTube and learn a lot if, if you're trusting of these source. But so I thought, you know what I really want to do was have a class or just kind of lead a conversation more than anything. I'm not teaching them anything, but leading a conversation where I can get these guys to start talking about what it's like, because here's what I know. Parenting is an extremely emotional endeavor. It yeah. just is. It's so many highs and lows. And, um, I think women are much better at navigating emotions better than men typically and take, take it from a guy. Right. So, um, just in the class, a lot of the guys just talk about how they were much more connected to their mom as far as their inner life and not so much with their dad, like their dad, like, Oh, we talked about news and weather and sports, rarely even politics because politics now is like dangerous with my dad or whatever it might be. But we just talked about safe stuff mostly, you know? And my mom was way more tuned into kind of how I was. So I thought, I want to do a class that's way more about the emotional experience of a dad. Um, and have, and ultimately, hopefully that they build a tribe so that after class for months and or years or decades, they're still in touch with these other guys going through the same thing at the same time. 
And so that was really, that's what I knew was most powerful about the mama class without knowing the curriculum. And I thought that's ultimately what I want to do is plant seeds for these men so that they can build some trust and some camaraderie with other guys who know what they're talking about. Because as some of the guys would say, I don't even need any more friends. I have so many friends. I'm, I'm from here. I got a million friends. I don't have time for them. But boy, wouldn't it be great to have another guy that I can just go straight at, call and just say, I don't know what I'm doing or what do you do when, when this happens? And if I have one or two or three or five guys who've gone through similar things, they're probably going to help me understand or think about things I've never thought of before. So that's ultimately the, the intention of the class is for them to build a tribe. Because even though men don't like support groups, what is more challenging <laughs> over time than parenting? Yeah. And any, any person who thinks they're going to figure that out by themselves is an absolute fool. It is too complex. You know, my son is different than my daughter. Jerry Seinfeld says every six months you get a new kid. You know, it's like, <laughs> so oh, I got this figured out. Oh, guess what? Now they changed again, you know? So um, having a tribe of other people go, doing the same thing at the same time made a lot of sense to me. And then I just had to go. So like, now what am I going to do with the coursework? So yeah. three 90 minute sessions, which are just planting seeds, just getting these guys to speak honestly about reality. And then hopefully they go on from there. So that's, that was the, and you know what? I got a full blessing from mama. They're like, Mike, we trust you. <laughs> and if the <laughs> feedback awesome. says this doesn't work well, we're going to have to do something different. So I think the people in my first two classes should have gotten their money back. It was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty clumsy, but it, you know what? I didn't like decide what I was going to do different. The men in the class helped me. I, have a better understanding of what was going to be more helpful for them. That's awesome. So I just let them just guide me and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm getting a good sense from these guys on what really seems to matter. Yeah. And, um, some of it's easy and some of it's not easy. That's for sure. Well, and isn't that such an important component of facilitation is allowing those that are participating to really guide. Cause it's going to be individualized based on the group that you have one one group i imagine is completely different than the other so different one or two bodies can make such a difference in a tone not good or bad yeah that's just always been my experience with facilitating groups one powerful person this way or that way can change the tone of what the group's willing to do or not do so yeah. and i actually share that with him i said you know one guy's like i don't know how to play with my kid i mean she's just a baby still but i don't really know how to play with kids i go i assure you she'll teach you yeah your student will teach you the teacher on how to, they'll teach you right back. They just, they, they self-direct a whole lot. You know, they're naturals at this stuff. So trust yourself, you know, you don't have to be a play expert, but yeah. I assure you, they want to play. They want to be touched. They want to goof. They want you to be goofy with them and stuff. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Then how do you, cause I mean, different groups, there's going to be different needs. It's going to have an organic flow to it. But I know that there are specific things, specific topics that um, you take through, you take your groups through um, in terms yes. of, um, yeah, how the class is structured. Can you share a little bit about how each class is structured and what the goal of them is? Yeah, I can. So it's three 90-minute sessions, and I wanted them to link, right? I wanted them to link up um, so that there was a, um, you know, uh, just a thread running through there. And trying to, I, I think I brought too much content to the early classes and people don't really want to sit there and watch content. They want to talk more or they just want to be able to, you know, just like keep it simple, ask a question and just let people answer the question. 
So the first class is really just an introduction because it's it's eight or nine dads coming in there with their baby. Not always. Sometimes their baby's sick or they're just like, you know what? I'm not going to bring my kid or the weather is bad tonight. Um, so they're sitting there with their baby and I'm like, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to make it really easy for them to participate. Um, and then hopefully they'll come back and then we can do things where we can go into the deep end a little bit more. So the first class is really just introductions. What's your name? What's that baby's name? How old are they? Uh, early on, they know how many, you know, three weeks, three days, or not three weeks typically, but sometimes nine weeks, sometimes eight months. Yeah. They know pretty specifically how old your baby is. Um, so I have everybody answer individually. And then it's birth story. How'd they get here? You know, that's a really important story. I wasn't expecting that to be as weighty with the men as it is with the new mamas, but the guys are really, they really want to tell that story of how that baby got here, whether it was their partner birthing the baby or his adoption, or there's a surrogate involved. They want to tell that story because it means a lot to them. You know, sometimes they were well-planned and it was easy. And other times it's like, it was crazy. It's like, <laughs> I was here and she was there and I got a text. I'm like, no, I haven't packed the bag yet. And, and then, you know, they get pretty emotional. It's, it's powerful to see how emotional some of these men are when they just talk about watching their wives be in such distress and they couldn't do anything thing about it not one thing they're just very emotional it's like other guys are not in their head going oh my gosh i i would have surrendered long before my wife i i just couldn't have taken what she was taking and she just hung in there like a trooper so uh we talk about that and then we just go around and just say so what do you what are you loving so far about this little person mm -hmm. oh no 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 first contact i talk about first contact so tell us about first contact with your baby like maybe it was in that delivery room that you held the baby or cut the cord or, and sometimes people are like, you know what? I don't even remember that. I was so foggy. Oh, so, so what, what do you remember? What first encounter do you remember where it was just you and that baby? Um, and it's, and I give people permission. I'm like, look, by the way, it's not always a hallmark moment for some people. It's so powerful and electronic and they'll never forget it. And other dads say, you know what? It just, that didn't happen for me at all. I was so tired. I just, I felt stupid and guilty and like, God, I'm not very good at this because I just wasn't emotionally charged. And I tell them that's a true thing. And almost always somebody says that was true for me. And somebody says, oh, me too. Or actually what I find out is like some of the new mamas are like, oh, same for me. Like I didn't connect or bond at all. It's like, whatever. <laughs> I just want to rest right now. So, yeah. so I give them permission to that. Nobody gets to be wrong in the room ever. Right. Just say whatever's true for you, but do share. And if you choose not to share just say pass. So we don't have to make up a story about why you're not participating here. Okay. So that's, that's, oh, and then I ask them about, so what's the good news? What's the challenge? And they talk about, you know, baby smiling or sleeping a little bit better right now. It's like, it's, it's all about sleep and poop and feeding at the yeah. beginning. It's the center of their complete universe. And that's great. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, what's challenging when they talk about, you know, I got to go back to work pretty soon or boundary issues with my family right? Or there's in-laws who I've already raised baby. So I know exactly how to do this and I'm going to run the show. And they're like, Oh my gosh, it's like, this is awkward. <laughs> That's my parent. Um, so that comes up just whatever it might be the transition back to work. Other people can't wait to get back to work. Cause they're like, I'm really good at work. I'm not very good at being a dad yet. And I just like really want to go back to work yeah. and other people feel guilty. So that's class one. That's first session and it goes pretty well. And I can tell it goes pretty well when they're hanging out afterwards chatting. Awesome. Yeah. Or they're in our lobby area chatting. And sometimes it's like, look, I got to get home. I got, I got, we got to go. We got to go see family wants to see baby today or whatever. So that's class one. I say, please come back. Right. 
please come back. Um, sometimes I plant a little bit of a seed about what we'll talk about next week, but I do tell them we're going to get steeper and deeper with what we talk about. Cause this is heavy stuff. Um, I should back up and just say, say this. And I say this in all my CPR classes, cause the CPR class is pretty heavy. You're talking about people who are in conditions that could be fatal or cause chronic problems for people. If you don't take immediate action. Um, and so I lighten up the class at the end and just talk about what a great club it is to be in the parent club. It's my favorite club of all. And I share with them that, and I say this is about 98% true, not entirely true, but mostly true. You'll never be in charge of how your baby ends up. And I just kind of, and I look over at the grandparents are through in the room. The grandparents are going, yep. And I look at these parents, I'm like, you're not in charge. You'll never be in charge of how they end up. You're just not that powerful. And they're an individual who's going to choose life just like you choose, chose, right? And then, then, so the second piece is to it is, but you'll always be in charge of how you show up. That's what you are in charge of is how you show up. And I'm telling you, there's no greater influence on how that child will end up than how you show up. So choose wisely. Seriously, choose wisely, moment by moment. Choose what version of you they're going to get. And if you have to fake it, then fake it until it becomes a new norm for you because you are there. You are the center of their universe. And it's a long, long haul together. Hopefully multiple decades we will spend on the planet together. And hopefully it's a healthy experience. You know, having healthy adult children is ultimately having healthy adult children who function well in the world is ultimately the goal. And that like being with me and I like being with them you know i don't cringe when they call or they're not like oh my gosh you got to go over to my dad's you know because that's a reality for a lot of people and so so that's that's class one class two we just talk about a little bit of our own family history oh actually let me say this at the beginning of class two i say so here's what i know these little people are going to talk about you one day right they're already thinking about you they're already you're, you're on their radar once they have that face recognition they're like they think about you and they cry and sometimes they don't need their diaper change and they don't need to be fed they just miss you you know because you, you matter to them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So the, in the, the, the second, the second class in the morning, I say, so they're going to talk about you, right? When they're little, they'll say you're the strongest dad ever. And he could beat up all the other dads. I'm like, no, please don't pick fights for me. Um, in junior high and high school, they're going to consider you to be a jerk and a bully. And you're mean because you don't let me do all the things I want. Not entirely, but that happens a lot because they're separating. And then um, later on in their life, they'll tell their partners and their friends, and they might stand in front of a, they might stand at a, at a service one day at your funeral and tell stories about you. So I asked them in straight up, what do you want them to say about you? Mm -hmm. They're going to say things about you. What would you want them to say about you? Not from some selfish place, but I bet you want them to have a good life. How would they have experienced you in this good life? And I'm telling you, Lindsay, I could pre-write the list. Yeah. I could pre-write the list every single time because the answers are the same every single time. Maybe not the exact same words, but it's the same notion. And it's awesome listening to these guys talk about this stuff. Yeah. It's it's just beautiful, they, the stuff they talk about. You know, like one, probably one of the most common answers is, I want to be, I want my daughter, I want this little girl to experience me as understanding. I understood who she was along the way even if it wasn't the stuff that I would consider the stuff I like, but like, I understand why she likes this stuff. I understand how, what makes her tick. And because a lot of them say, my dad, my dad didn't really, he didn't, I didn't tell him my personal life very much because he just wasn't very understanding around that kind of stuff. So we spent some time on that. And then we talk about some of our own family history. Like what did we learn in our own families? 
Um, I remember hearing a quote, and I love this. I wish I would have heard it when I was a brand new dad, but um, um, become the parent you needed when you were a child, right? I don't know who it came from, but I love it. Oh, that's amazing. And so it's kind of the, it's kind of the, uh, um, it's the theme of our second class, become the parent. So, um, so what would you have, what did you learn along the way that didn't work for you? What happened in your household? Not just your dad, but your mom also, but typically we talk mostly about our own fathers. What was difficult and or the other question is, what did they do that you would really, it would serve you and your child well if you modeled this? Mm-hmm. And it's never about the, the, my dad was a villain or a hero. He's just a human. He's just a guy who happened to be my father, whether he's my birth father or adoptive father or stepfather, combination thereof. What do you want to take from that guy? And what would you choose to leave behind? And again, the answers are predictable. Um, and they're just powerful. It's powerful to say that stuff. It kind of really touches people. Some guys have a hard time speaking about their father. They just do like too personal. And then it's not uncommon at the end of the class. Like, can I say something? I go, of course you can. Like, I just want to say this. And then they say their thing. And, you know, we have a confidentiality agreement in our class. So whatever gets said in here, keep it private because you may end up meeting each other's partners. And I don't, unless I told you it's okay for you to share, I don't want you to share things because people share some pretty heavy things about their life experience. Yeah. So that's class two. And then class three, this comes up so much in the new mama class, a lot about mental health and the health of the partnership, the health of the marriage. And I'm not an expert in either of those things, but I have an absolute fascination with male mental health and how tender it is. And how easy it is to start to slide, you know, and men are typically not very good at addressing mental health very appropriately. They, they lack professional diagnoses a lot of times. And even if they get one, they typically don't follow a care regimen. They mm-hmm. self-care inappropriately. And ask anybody who's grown up in a household with any family member who had mental illness issues, especially untreated mental illness. And they'll tell you, it was very difficult. It was a scary place. I didn't have my friends over. I never knew what I was going to walk into. And that's not, don't put any sort of label on it all that mental health is a bad thing. It's just a natural, normal thing, but there's ways to deal with it appropriately. Yeah. And so we talk about that mental health aspect and it gets quiet and I've asked guys. So it was really quiet in here was that too odd? No, like, actually it's just heavy, Mike. It's like, I've never, ever, I barely think about it out loud in my head, let alone speak out loud in front of people. I don't know that well. So we do, we talk about it because it can, it can make it very difficult for those little people to have good lives. If they have a dad who's just not well, you know? So, um, and that's not debatable. That's just a reality. Um, And then the other thing we talk about is the health of the marriage. You know, it's like, what do they say? uh, The Gottmans, the famous Gottman couple, one third of couples struggle during year one with baby. One third of couples that the, the, the relationship has been strained. And uh, at year three, it's two thirds of couples. That's just with one child, let alone multiple children. And I, you know, the term I use is love bomb. I think I stole that from somebody, but I don't know who, but it is. I mean, there's like this little love bomb shows up in your life and they're awesome and they're fantastic. And as one guy said, they're the, they're the cutest little crappy roommate you'll ever have. (laughs) God, they never stop needing things and they cost a lot of money and they really don't care about your needs. And everyone was laughing at that because it was pretty appropriate and true. Um, But this little love bomb shows up and it's going to be there for a while. And a lot of things are going to change. And 
whether you like it or not, a lot of things are going to change. And are you willing to change with those things? So it's pretty rich stuff that they end up talking about. Some of them have actually been through counseling. Some have said, hey, we wouldn't have had this child if we hadn't gone through counseling. We, we got married and figured out very quickly, we've got a lot of work to do. This is not healthy. And so we, typically she, found a counselor and had to pull me kicking and screaming. And man, all of a sudden I started to really realize this was something I could actually get good at, but it was going to be work. You know, it was just, it was going to be work. One of my great friends from high school, she and her husband, both high school buddies um, got married a long time ago. They have three healthy adult children. And my friend, she says, I, it's really annoying when people say, Oh, you guys are so lucky. You're the perfect couple. And she said, oh, that's nice of you. And she's like, I don't, it's really frustrating that people think that we're just so automatically perfect for each other. Yeah. We've, we've known each other since we were in early puberty. We've been through a lot together. It is hard work staying together this long. It's really hard work. And you don't see how frustrating it's been for us over the years. And so, you know, it's a long-term endeavor. And that doesn't mean every couple is going to stay together. But to the extent that you've just focused on raising children, you cannot realize that there's now a gulf between the two of you. And that's a long swim. So, you know, stealing shamelessly from the people who know better about how to keep relationships warm and loving while raising children, those things, they, they can happen at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. So anyway, so that's, for the most part, that's the curriculum. Um, and that what happens though, is just electricity happens through some of these guys. It yeah. just does it pretty soon. They're all putting their name out on the board and they're talking about going for walks and, you know, going out for pizza or, you know, places, safe places they can bring their baby or just like, Hey, I just need somebody to text. Sometimes I got a really busy schedule and I just want to have buddies I can text and talk to about this stuff. So, so far, so good. I'm sure it'll change as we go. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, you know, I, I really love, like, thank you for sharing um, the whole curriculum, but something that really struck me in the class three is that idea about that, the health of the, the partnership, mm. because so often with parenting, with having a newborn, we think about like health of the baby. And then we think about parenting and co-parenting and how are you balancing things? And it's also, how are you maintaining not just your relationship as co-parents, but how are you maintaining the relationship that you had prior and allowing it to evolve as you take on this new role of co-parenting? And I think, gosh, if you don't have someone outside of your partner, outside of mm -hmm. your co-parent to talk to about that, you don't get to show up as your best self because the first thing out of your mouth is not always the greatest when you're trying mm -hmm. to confront your partner. So yeah. if you can kind of talk things through with somebody else, you get to have your, you know, different perspectives. And you talked about that, that idea of some of the participants allowing you to think differently. And I think that's something that's so important. And that's really what we get with that idea of community. And it sounds like through the dad's class that very quickly, I mean, three 90 minute sessions, you're able to foster community that helps individuals, partnerships, and marriages, which is pretty outstanding. Yeah. That's the, that's the, you know, that's kind of my, my wish is that, you know, one, it's building a better world, one great dad at a time. In fact, I actually bless them on the morning of day three or the day, the beginning of session three. It's like, you already are great dads. I mean, I've just seen the way you hold your babies. You don't have to earn that. 
it's yours. You are a great dad. Then the challenge is how do you stay in that? How do you stay a great dad? Because life's going to show up. Life's hard, right? Most of you are going to have to keep working for decades Mm -hmm. before you don't have to work anymore. And you're going to have challenges. Your kids are not perfect. Your marriage will strain. There will be sick family members. You're just going to have this life. The universe doesn't care about what you want for your kid. It's just the universe being the universe. So it's learning how to sort out. It's like, what did I send to you in that, that message? It's not a sprint. Yeah. And it's not a marathon. It's a countless amount of marathons loaded with sprints is parenting. (laughs) It is. It's so much work and that's good. It's great. I couldn't be happier about what I've experienced as a parent, not all good, but all lessons built into every bit of that stuff. So you know, the, the communicating, like why com- couples communicate typically fairly clumsily. Most likely we grew up in households where we had parents who communicated quite clumsily, right? It's perfectly designed. Um, we just talk about this, not just with the, the marriage, but just in communicating with our children is, I remember reading this in a book that for a lot of places, it's just a cultural norm in workplaces and homes that tension is addressed with either silence or violence. Mm. You know, silence is the easier one, but it's so spooky when somebody won't say anything. They just won't say anything. You're just going to clam up. I mean, I remember my dad, he would come home. I could tell by the way he closed the door of his car, how he was doing, you know, it was kind of a mood indicator. And sometimes he'd just come home and just very, just quietly eat dinner. Yikes. But that was atypical. Some people, they just come home and they're just deadly silent. They have nothing to say. They don't want to know about you. They don't share about their day. And silence is dangerous because we make up a story that I've done something wrong, right? This is about me. And then violence, sometimes it's physical violence, but typically it's just emotional violence. I'm going to say something mean to you. I'm going to start this conversation off with you by starting with, by saying something mean and attacking your character and it's going to get worse from there. So, you know, good therapists and good communicators and people who've just been around a while are pretty good at learning that, you know what, there's a lot of different doors to go through. What are some of the other doors rather than just zipping it? Or yelling at somebody, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's one of the things that guys in the class say, I want to get good at that. Cause I'll say, my dad wasn't very good at dealing with tension yeah. or my mom or my mom. My dad was great. My mom wasn't or vice versa. I'm like, I want my wife and I to both be really good at dealing with hard stuff with our kids, you know, yeah. and, and being one, one dad talked about being compassionately compassionate accountability. Like we will speak about anything and everything that happens in our lives. Secrets are dangerous. You're you're well. You are welcome to your private life, but hiding dark things, it's gonna blow up. So I can speak about anything without yelling at you. I can be furious and not yell. I can be deeply sad and not cry, right? Because we're gonna get we're gonna talk about our emotions without letting our emotions run wild when we're having hard conversations. And other guys are like, "I'm glad you're in my group, man." <laughs> He's like, <laughs> "You're just a sage in the group." So. Um, that's the kind of stuff that, that the men typically seem to want to do is like, I want to be good at this. I just, I really do. I really want to be good at this. And cause it's going to get more complex. This baby stuff. I was like, yeah, this baby stuff will be over in a flash gentleman and you won't remember it. Yeah, You'll recall it, but you won't have it in your bones. It's going to get way more complex when they start to bring home friends you don't like, or they want to cut their hair a certain way. They just, they're going to want to do things just like you did. Yeah. And one of the dads in the group is so, is one of my best moments in the class. He's holding his little girl and he said, you know, guys, she's going to grow up. 
And they're like, yeah. And he said, and she's going to have ideas or want to do things, or I'm going to find out that she did things that she wasn't allowed to do. And it's going to be hard. And people are like, huh? <laughs> and he said, I don't, it's not her job to understand me because she hasn't been where I've been through, but it is my job to basically understand her. Not that I'm agreeing with her, but I was also a 12 year old or a 15 year old who did stuff that was not okay. And so I got to remember what that's like. I'm not giving her permission or compliance. I'm just, I just don't want it to turn into war because that's what it's so common for a lot of us. It's like, it was so combative in my household. Like some people say, I just never go home again. I just can't go home. It's just too, it's just too, it's just too many scars there. So he's like, I just don't want to be that dad with this little girl who's going to become a woman one day. And I want to have a healthy relationship. And it's like, it was just such a perfect touchstone to the end of class three one night. Oh. Like that was exactly what this is about. So that's anyway. amazing. I'm, we're I'm, just trying to, we're trying to build a tribe of more and more dads. I love that. Making the world better with one, one dad at a time. I think that's wonderful. one at a time. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm curious because I'm thinking if I saw new dad's class, I wouldn't necessarily think about the curriculum that you have. And mm-hmm. so when people begin the class, do they have like preconceived notions of what they're going to learn? Like we're going to learn how to play with our babies or things like that. Or at this point with the way that the class has been structured and, and marketed even, do people have a good understanding of what it is they're getting into? Um, I, I think a little bit. I think more. most of the men are there because their partner, their wife is in new mama. Mm-hmm. And um, you're like, she's digging it. She just loves it. And I say, well, it's not the same class, but I said, well, I think what they probably like more than anything is the group. And they're like, oh, absolutely. It's the group. Yeah. It's the other new moms that they can talk to. So um, I try not to give away too much. I mean, honestly, when it comes down to, it's really about trying to create support groups for men. And most men, the word men and support groups are like, yikes, you know? There are a lot of men in support groups. I think most of them have to do with use disorders, right? 12-step programs and stuff, which help people save people's lives all the time. But for the most part, men are pretty good at dodging things that sound or feel like support groups. Therapy. It's not therapy. It's not a therapeutic class. We just give everyone a chance to say their truth yeah. in the room. That's it, right? It's not deep. It's not dark. Um, it can get deep. And then other people are like, oh, you know what? That actually reminds me. I, I feel the same way. Or I don't understand why you feel that way. Tell me tell me why you feel that way. Like, I don't agree with you, but I'm curious why you feel that way. You know? So, um, it is, it's really is just typically it's going to ultimately drive into them just supporting each other through a really long endeavor. So, and I don't, I couldn't even tell you right now what the AMA website says about the dad class. I've read it before, but I don't remember it. I just show up and do my best to kind of replicate what I did last time and always try to add a little sprinkle of something because the universe taught me something along the way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I want to remind, like, I just heard this radio, I just heard this show on the radio, or I just heard this podcast quote. I'm like, oh, that's really great. I'm going to bring that to the class. And that means I'm probably going to leave something out that was in there last time. So yeah. I'm not a, uh, I don't have a hard, the framework's solid, but mm-hmm. what I do in between the frames is always kind of all over the place. Not, not all over the place, but I don't, I just, I kind of follow the group more than I follow what I need to say next. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so, it's so important to be able to have that flexibility that's built into the curriculum. You know, I, when I think about a question I had was what are some of the biggest obstacles? That was a a question that I had before we began our conversation is what are some of the biggest obstacles that families are facing and that um, dads are facing. 
And what I love about everything that you shared is to be able to tackle and talk and expand on what those obstacles are. You have to have room for flexibility because one person's obstacle is certainly not going to be the next. Um, and you need to give room for that. And I think that also then allows people to maybe have flexibility with in their relationship, um, seeing that maybe the obstacle that they're having is different than the obstacle that their partner is having and sure. being able to kind of talk about that and understand. So I think it's, I, I really appreciate that idea of fluidity um, within the curriculum. But with that, I am curious what some of the biggest obstacles that the new parents in um, this program are facing. So it is a, um, it's a fairly predictable basket, the stuff that shows up in the basket. Um, the cost of daycare is one. They're like, oh my gosh, we are already like, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? Both of us can afford life as it is, but we're not sure that we want to have both of us both working back in full-time corporate jobs. So that's a challenge. Um, I'm one guy's like, look, my wife is the day she started a daycare just so we didn't have to pay for daycare. That's, that's literally why she's, she left her corporate job. She got certified and she's now doing an in-home daycare. So, and other guys are like, how much do you charge? Because <laughs> <laughs> we are already really stressed about what that looks like. Yeah. Going back to work. Some people are excited about it and feel guilty that they're excited about getting back to work. And other people are like, I cannot imagine having to be away from this little person for multiple hours at a time, or my travel's going to start again. So that's a challenge. It's like, I love this new experience. Um, uh, boundaries, right? Family boundaries, How, what they say yes to. Cause you know, if you think about it, every time you put a knot in a rope, you get less rope, right? I mm -hmm. shouldn't say you get less rope, but the rope is losing its length because of all the knots in it. And pretty soon it doesn't stretch far enough. Mm. And so learning to untie some of those knots and not retie them up. It's like, I need to start drawing some boundaries about what is okay. We have the right to say no to like the holidays. We just went through the holidays. So I'm like, we're not driving to Nebraska. We're just not right. Some of the family members are not vaccinated. They don't want to be vaccinated. We got a brand new baby she's in a, or he's in a hard spot right now with sleep. We're just not going. Yeah. And they said, so then we dealt with all the arrows or the made up stories about what they would say. He's like, you know what? That's none of our business. That's their business. It's our business to take care of ourselves and our baby. So that's a, that's a, that's a ongoing challenge. Some people don't have much support around them. And some people are like, we have too much support. Yeah. Right. They think it's just now, now that there's a, a grandchild in the house, in the family, they think it's an open door to just constantly visit and take care of the grandchild. They're like, mm, it's not, but yeah. it's hard to say the boundary conversation is difficult. Um, different opinions about parenting, right? Sometimes one parent is way more cautious and um, dialed into latest, greatest evidence. And other parents are like, Hey, I'm just a lot more relaxed about this kind of stuff. So, I mean, my own experience, I'm one of 13 kids. I grew up with constant nieces and nephews everywhere. My, my wife, was the one of three. And so that first baby was pretty much the first baby she's ever been with in her entire life. Yeah. I had totally less apprehension than her, but I just let it go. Cause yeah. she has no idea what it was like to be me. And I can totally appreciate what it must be like to be the first one. So it's like, you know, really super cleanse. A lot of people would wash, have to scrub up to their elbows. And 
I was just, I was just really flexible with that. Cause as you know, it's our baby and that's what makes her feel safe. So we're going to let her apps. I'm going to absolutely honor that, but that's a challenge is like we have different opinions about what parenting could look like. I said, well, keep talking people. It's really good to get on the same page in my own experience. It's pretty good to get on the same page. Cause if one of you is a pushover, you're going to get worked. Yeah. You just are. I mean, it's just water finds the the natural path. And if you're the weak parent, I shouldn't say weak, but the parent who just like wants to please and is easy to say yes, you'll just get pummeled. Yeah. And the other parent gets to be seen as the bad guy or the bad person. You know, it's like, you need to talk about that kind of stuff because that's, that's all. And you're teaching them that too, at the same time, that it's okay to just be compliant whenever somebody wants something. So I don't know. It's, it's just, honestly, it could go, we could have five sessions and we could easily spend three hours in our classes. It's just, I have, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, gentlemen, we have to cut this off today. And they're just, <laughs> they're pretty warmed up at that point. So, yeah. Um, but that's what I, else? What I, what I think about that is even just the fact that you could go on and on and you actually have to stop the conversation, whether that is a conversation around fears, anxieties, obstacles that individuals are facing, I see, I see the fostering that community and having that conversation and allowing it to be organic and authentic. I see that as being a huge protective factor from a mental health standpoint. Um, is that something that you've experienced as like, wow, we've got just healthier, like mental health for these dads as they're um, walking away of class three. Would you say that that's something that you've observed? Yeah. It's, some of them have actually done some, some of these guys have done some some serious work, some serious personal work before they got there. You know, it's, it's a, it's not entirely surprising that it's a fairly evolved group of men that are showing up here in the first place. You know, it just, it's just kind of predictable. That doesn't mean they're experts, but I mean, I've had two pediatricians in the class and both of them say the same thing. Like, look, I've forgotten more about child development than this entire group knows. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, I've spent so much time, but I've never been a dad before yeah. and I'm scared and I'm nervous. Um, but the, um, just the willingness, some guys have never spoken very candidly about some of that inner life stuff and other guys are, and you can just see them. They're just kind of like lit up. They're just like, this is actually cool talking about this stuff. Nothing bad happened. Other people just went, Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what that's like, you know, it's like, I think as men, we just, it's just anything that has to do with sadness and confusion and not knowing what to do is so taboo, or at least we've been taught it's so taboo to talk about. Mm. And to see another man in the class that you admire, or you build a relationship with a man is like, oh, I got no problem telling you, I don't know what the heck I'm doing half the time, but I keep trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, one of the guys said in the class, it's okay to be weak. It's not okay to stay weak. Okay. You're going to have weak moments as a dad. And he goes, I just know you will, because it's a human experience, but we got to hang in there with each other so we don't stay weak. You know, it's like, there's so much to be done. We got to, I got to, I got to let my partner, I, we just give each other, we're already at the point where we're giving each other days off. Another guy's like, give each other days off. He's like, yeah, she works really hard. She's really, sometimes I come home and she's already got the baby. She's just handing me a baby. <laughs> Take the baby. <laughs> and so um, they're just being honest about this kind of stuff. And um, I think again, some of the younger guys, especially are a little bit more in admiration of some of the older guys who are speaking very frankly, like about their own mental health challenges and like, it's not going to beat me, but it's definitely work. Um, 
And um, yeah, that's not, it's, it's going to be part of my fabric of being a dad and my kids will know about it. He says, that's the other thing. My kids will fully know that I have challenges with how I, some days are very difficult for me. And here's what I do to take care of myself. So it's, it's just a gem when you hear somebody speaking out loud like that and then watching other people going, wow, wow, nothing bad just happened to that guy. It's like, yeah, yeah, imagine that. Yeah, he the truth shall set you free. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's it's such a a wonderful thing when people start to realize that they can be struggling from a mental health standpoint, and that can be they can be in an abnormal state that is not uncommon, and it is okay to be in a state that is not well. Um, obviously, that's not where you want to stay but it is a common thing to become unwell and then to be able yes. to go back to that state. And so yeah. I think that we really, we really do better when we acknowledge this is abnormal, but it is absolutely common. And I think that's an important factor. And it sounds like that's something that they really, they don't just hear in your class, but they actually experience that through the relationships that are being made. That's wonderful. Yeah, that, that's actually part of that class three is we talk about, so I said, so how do you take care of yourself? When I asked them, I'll go, so what do people do when they're, when people, when, when the burden of life shows up, how do people take care of themselves? And they talk about it, you know, they self-medicate drugs and alcohol. Some people hide out at work. I mean, for a lot of guys, it's like, the only thing I really know how to do really well is work. So I'm just going to hide out at work yeah. um, or, you know, just get angry or just get silent or just go be by myself again. Um, but then I also ask them, so what is it that you, how do you take care of yourself, right? What does your self-care look like? And it's just amazing what the, what the, a lot of them it's like exercise, like, oh my gosh, I exercise even when I don't want to, because I know it helps me from sinking. I have troubles or like, you know, my diet makes a big difference. What kind of food I eat when I eat, breathing, meditation, prayer, um, volunteer work, or my meds, people are like, oh, I, I take meds that are yeah. really helpful, Yeah, really helpful. I'm not telling you to get a prescription, but the prescription I have works spot on for me. So um, I just love that sort of openness because it just wasn't, it just was not, uh, it was just so uncommon yeah. to speak of something that was so, what did you say? It's abnormal, but it's just totally, it's a totally natural experience yeah. for us to not speak about things that are natural seems so unnatural. But I think that's just from, you know, millennia of men just getting ready for the next awful battle they were going to probably have to fight in. So, and unfortunately we're not there anymore. Yeah. So we can yeah. absolutely evolve with that. So um, yeah. they seem, they seem to embrace that. I love that. They seem to embrace that. So how often do you have a new cohort? Cause I'm just thinking for people that are listening, whether they are new dads about to be new dads or they are new moms or they're professionals um, that are listening to this podcast, how often do um, these classes happen and how does one sign up for them? Yeah. So at amaparenting.com uh, is where you would sign up for it. Um, the classes are, there's Saturday morning classes and there are Tuesday evening classes. Because of the popularity, we're going to likely expand into some of our other facilities and or create a virtual class, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I teach at the Adina, the, the world headquarters of AMA parenting. Um, and uh, currently it's usually about two a month and sometimes it's three months. So it'll be, you know, I'll do a Saturday class and there'll be a Tuesday and then the next Tuesday, another one starts. So I just got 
or not the next Tuesday. I just, they're, they're, they're running usually two a month and sometimes up to three a month. Okay. We're just, we're busy. In fact, I just got a request to see what's my summer schedule look like and <laughs> how much more uh, room can I find? And you know what? I will do my best to find room, Lindsay, because I just, I just warms me. I, I'm, I have a good tension when I show up in that class because I don't know how it's going to go. And I'm just high as a kite when I walk out of there watching those guys just connect. Yeah. Um, it's and, I, and, I, and I ponder too. I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, so what was going on with that guy over there? Mm. What was going on with that guy? He seemed a little bit out of his socks here today, but you know what? He showed up and I'm just like, please show up again. And sure enough, he shows up again. Yeah. And uh, so, That's uh, yeah. So yeah, go through the Ama parenting site. Um, and again, it's getting popular because, you know, there's a lot of dads out there and yeah. you want to just, and honestly, I'm so willing to keep changing this to bring them what they ultimately want. It's not concrete. It's not, it's changed every single time I've taught it. Mm -hmm. And I'd be willing to ditch every single moment of this class, the way it currently is. If I can, with the help of others, um, bring about something better and brighter, but right now it seems to work. It's got them talking (laughs) and hopefully it wants them to go hang out with each other. Love it. Oh, that's wonderful. Mike, thank you so much for your time. This has been such a wonderful um, discussion and I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. And the um, uh, in the show notes, you'll see where you can go ahead and register uh, for classes. Um, so yeah, thank you again, Mike. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, Lindsay. Be well. Be well.